0: and welcome back to the commander's vault it is 2021 and it's our first show of the new year i'm jb i'm dale and today we're going to be uh checking out some kaldheim spoilers uh some pretty cool stuff has been uh released and uh leaked uh throughout the internet for the past you know a couple weeks in 2021 and uh some stuff is pretty cool and some stuff is like bullshit and yeah. uh since Mythic spoilers down, while we were trying to do some research for this, uh, we're just gonna, you know, we're gonna look at it with some fresh eyes. Everybody's gonna, you know, we're all just gonna look at these things together, see if we see anything that um, kind of jumps out at us, and you know, some of our impressions of the set. Um, one thing that I'd like to start off with is the Snow Dual Lands, and I think Dale, I think you're in agreement with me here, the Cowards. Yeah. Absolute cowardice. Why did you have to make them come in tapped, Wizards? You could have just done it. You could have just done it. You could have just busted it in every collector's face whose, whose crutch of the reserve list has been, you know, stalling the economy of the secondary market of magic for years and years and years and making all those eternal formats impossible to play, uh, unless you have, you know, you know, big monies. So you could have just did it. You could have just said, hey, guess what? These aren't real duels. These are snow duels, and they're different. But, no. You had to, you had to bend the knee. You had to kiss the boot uh, you know, or kiss the ring, uh, lick the boot, uh, whatever you want to call it there, and have these snow-fetchable duels come in tapped.
1: Garbage. Yeah, they fucked up big time with that. I, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed as well. It's just like, man you should have just made them i mean who cares like what what's the worst that is gonna happen some of these investor collectors file a class action lawsuit against you okay whatever in the grand retrospect like you can wipe your ass with their lawsuit you can pay them all out and not even care it might hurt one it might hurt your q1 profits for this year but aside from that it's not even going to be a big deal. Like
0: it would have just been like, oh, you want to see Caldheim be the most uh, successful selling Magic product?
1: Exactly. A- in the last ten years, like there's some snow duels. that probably would have made up for the lawsuit that they would have had to pay out just for the fact that this set would have you wouldn't be able to find this set. It'd be so sold out everywhere, like. They might even have a They're, problem. Third printing, printing a yeah. Like,
0: like we're talking, we're not just talking like <laughs> second print run. We're talking third print run. We're talking possible fourth print run. People <laughs> buying pallets of this shit is what I'm saying. And uh, they really just dropped the ball. Yeah. They, they 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 quaked in their boots and they didn't do it. And for that, um, real salty about that. Uh, but as of the the recording of this this podcast, which is the 11th. I believe, right?
1: Yeah, today's the 11th.
0: Okay, I don't know if that was right. But um, our current spo- uh, spoilers that we've uh, been checking out, some have been pretty pretty good, some have been pretty meh. Um, like, white keeps getting shafted with uh, removal with drawbacks.
1: What's new there?
0: Yeah, like, uh, you know, oh, uh, blue now gets to
1: exile artifacts and enchantments, but... Yeah, blue gets a better artifact enchantment removal than white. Like, really? Like, I don't understand that.
0: And then white's like, "Oh, I'll remove this thing, but you can
1: show and tell." You can just put a permanent from your hand onto the battlefield. Like, how could that ever backfire? I'm just like that is that's trash. That is
0: trash. I mean, Absolute trash. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I was I was pretty salty when I saw that. I was like, they make it two white pips. And then it's Exile something. And it's a sorcery. Like, it's just yeah, bad. It's just all even around really? bad. I hate it. <laughs> um, one of my f- favorite cards coming out uh, is the new Sultai legend, Jorn, God of Winter. Um, I was debating making a Silas Ren Kadama Stacks list. And I think I might pivot it right to this guy. Proxy him up. See how it goes. Um, he's a legendary snow creature. Uh, subtype God. Whenever Jorn attacks, untap each snow permanent you control. He's a 3-3 three, three for 3. Uh, his flip side is the Kaldring, the Rhyme Staff, which is 1, a blue, and a black. It is a legendary snow artifact that says you may play target, or you can tap it, and you may play target snow permanent from your graveyard this turn. If you do, it enters the battlefield tapped. First off, um, considering that snow lands are snow permanents and this guy has blue in his color identity, I'm running a stasis line. I'm going to stasis lock the board and I will be able to untap because I have this guy who, whenever he attacks, untap all my lands. So,
1: yeah, that's I think pretty, that's pretty disgusting. It's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah. And so, I'm pretty stoked about that dude. And I believe you know i think a stacks list based on him would be pretty pretty great um the stacks list that i was working on literally all day yesterday uh i have now probably going to herk it into the trash can and proxy this guy up instead uh nothing nothing lost but yeah super excited for that dude um we got the the new planeswalker mono green or no he's he's golgari right i think yeah uh, Tyvar Kel, a four-drop uh, Planeswalker that says Elves you control have, uh, they turn into what's that? What's that elf? Elves of Deep Shadow? Yes. Yeah. Yep. They all tap and add a black. Uh, he comes in with three loyalty for four, which is not great, but uh, he's plus one is put a one-one counter on up to one target elf. Untap it. It gains death touch until end of turn. Uh, his zero is create an elf warrior token. One-one. Uh, and his next six is you get an emblem with whenever you cast an elf spell, it gains haste until end of turn, and you draw two cards. So if you manage to alt him, uh, you get that uh, glimpse of nature, like literally what every uh, uh, like elf ball deck in constructed, you know, legacy elves and things like that is trying to do. You want to yeah. cast your glimpse of natures. So you want to use your. Uh, uh, your bounce effects for your your elves to put them back in your hand so that you can cast them and draw cards and you eventually crater hoof your library out um, so that's interesting that 's an interesting uh
1: yeah like, i think I think the alt's pretty pretty strong there. The yeah. rest of the card isn 't eh, meant the fa- the fact that
0: it 's an emblem and not just like until end of turn elves you cast gain, blah 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 like I think that's pretty good. Yeah, especially
1: Um, if you're, you know, doubling season or whatever, it comes out immediately alts. Yeah. Like, it's Um,
0: okay. Oh, and Dale and I were just gushing over Tybalt's trickery. Uh, Oh, yeah. One in a red instant. Get this first line of text. For a red instant, it just says, counter target spell. Perfect. Already great. Uh, Choose one, two, or three at random. It's controller mills that many cards. Then exiles cards from the top of their library until they exile a non-land card with a different name than that spell. They may cast that card without paying its mana cost. Then they put the exiled cards on the bottom of their library in a random order. So you, we were talking about it's like chaos warp for spells on the stack. Um, it's like a, a, a one-off uh, possibility storm, you know, something like that. I think there's a lot of unexplored space uh, for casting and countering your own spell to get a bigger spell, if you could set it up that way, Uh, with something like Sensei's Divining Top, Limb Duel's Vault, Soothsaying, something like that, where you can make sure that you're going to, you know, I cast this one mana sorcery, I Tibalt's Trickery it, so for three mana I get to cast a fat sorcery, I think that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, you can put, um, what's the one, it's like a 12 drop blue spell, uh, I can't think of it, 11 drop maybe. Uh, I can't think of what it's called. The is it a turn head. spell? No. Um, what does it do? Not omniscience.
0: That's an enchantment?
1: No, maybe it is a turn spell. What's that 12 drop turn spell then? 12 drop ter- beacon? No, that's 8, 8 drop.
0: Oh. Temporal Trespass? No. That's ten.
1: Well, you get the picture. Yeah. You put that one on there and then you just cast that and you flip into that instead and boom, you're like, okay.
0: Like, I would love to put Tibble's Trickery on a fucking Isochron Scepter. I think that would be <laughs> oh, hilarious, yeah. that dude. That would be amazing. Hilarious. Yeah. Um, the one thing we're seeing from this set is a bunch of gods that share colors and um, they kind of step into each other's domains. I think there's... As of right now, there's two fucking mono green or three, three, three. yeah, three. There's a, the goddess of the tree, the goddess of kinship, and then the god of that untapped dude. But um, yeah, some pretty neat stuff so far. We got our first rune card, uh, the rune card. Oh, doesn't the, this doesn't even have the doesn't even have actual name. <laughs> it just says blue rune. Uh, it's a two drop enchant permanent that whenever it enters the battlefield, draw a card. Uh, as long as enchanted permanent is a creature, it has flying. As long as an enchanted permanent is an equipment, it has equipped creature, has flying. So that's pretty cool. It's like a little redundancy effect. You can make your equipments better and draw a card. That's interesting. Uh, that one dude that we know of searches out runes yeah. so he can make himself better. Uh, Now, being that that's the first rune, I think we're going to get a really neat cycle of runes. Possibly a couple rare runes. Maybe a mythic rune. Um, I don't know if there's any space left for the mythics. But that'll be pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Um, Uh, I'm liking uh, Varagoth, the Blood Sky Sire. A three drop, uh, two and a black legendary creature, Demon Rogue. With Death Touch and it's a 2-3 it also has the boast mechanic so for one colorless one black target player searches their library for a card then shuffle their library and put that card on top activate this ability only if this creature is attacked this turn and only once per turn i think that's pretty sweet i run a a demon tribal deck and that's definitely going to be my new commander and definitely with opposition agent now out there it's like you attack somebody you force them to search their library instead you search it and Take their cards. Yeah, the opposition engine. I think lines it's awesome. Fun. The fact that you can do it every every turn, you know, is like awesome.
0: Yeah. I like the uh, the. I don't know if you looked at the Droger Necromancer. They literally put a Drauger in uh, in Magic. So that's, that's pretty flavor. Pretty cool. <laughs> uh, he's a zombie cleric. He's a four drop, three and a black. Uh, if a non-token creature an opponent controls would die, exile that card with an ice counter on it instead. You may cast spells from among cards in exile your opponent's own with ice counters on them, and you may spend mana from snow sources as though it were any mana, or there were mana of any color to cast those spells. So that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that's sweet.
0: He uh, kills your shit and then puts it in the ice bin, and (laughs) then you can take it out of the ice bin.
1: Yeah, I like it. That artwork's kind of cool, too. It's like weird.
0: Yeah. One of the big news in tribal decks is the. 4-drop artifact, Maskwood Nexus. Uh, Creatures you control are every creature type. The same is true for creature spells you control and creature cards you own that aren't on the battlefield. And it says, pay 3, tap, create a 2-2 blue shapeshifter creature token with changeling. Maskwood Nexus, uh, all those support like uh, tribal decks that needed, uh, it's called a conspiracy effect because conspiracy the first card to actually do this is a five drop black enchantment mono black that just says choose a creature type every creature is that type
1: what oh, was that time spiral no like masks i
0: masks. think masks okay i think it's in the masks block i can't remember if it's like something like that it's a bit older it's card old. um and then there was xenograft in new Phyrexia, i believe and yep. then newest, we had Arcane Adaptation, which was in the Ixalan block. Yeah. And so we have only Blue and Black being able to to do this effect with good efficiency as an enchantment. And now we have this four-drop artifact uh, that just will, I think, allow some pretty
1: cool strategies. And that pairs uh, with uh, that other artifact, too. The, uh, what's it called? Something Pyre's. I think.
0: Oh, the, the yeah, the funeral pile card. Yeah, it's been like not, a
1: birthing pod for uh, creatures with the same type.
0: I'll have to look. I don't remember. We'll um, probably we'll get to it. It's
1: something like that, yeah. But I
0: think that this card is hilarious because it's going to be in the same standard as the World Tree, another card from this set that is a land that says if you control six or more lands, uh, each land has tap. Uh, add 1 mana of any color to your mana pool. And then for 10 mana, which is 2 of each color pip, and tap, you can search your library for any amount of god cards and put them on the battlefield. So, if you have uh Maskwood Nexus out, every creature in your deck is now a god. Yeah, that's true. So that's pretty funny that it's in the same set. Yeah, so that's... Like, oh. I hope a standard deck comes out that's just a turbo ramp world tree deck. You know, They like, <laughs> think about, like, Euro was supposed to be still in standard while this is here. Yeah. Like, Euro with world tree? You know how easy it is to get to six lands in a Euro deck? Just ask any standard player. Yeah.
1: That's, yeah, man, that, that's a good point. That's going to be crazy. Turbo god.
0: Turbo god <laughs> ramp. <laughs> You're right. Another uh, another interesting card. It's definitely just dri- ripped straight from Norse mythology. Uh, I was talking to Dale about it the other day. Replicating Ring, which is a three-drop snow artifact. It says tap, add one mana of any color. At the beginning of your upkeep, put a knight counter on Replicating Ring. Then, if it has eight or more knight counters on it, Remove all of them and create eight colorless snow artifact tokens named Replicate Ring with tap add one man of any color. So this is based on the uh, Norse mythology, uh, Norse myth uh, Dropnir. I believe that's how you say it. I do not know and please don't shank me uh, <laughs> for saying it incorrectly. But it's a ring that Odin wears that every ninth night splits into eight identical rings. So that's cool shit.
1: Like, all right, so does the ring, like, grant him some, like, power or... Not that I know of. Because this is where I'm like, I'm like, why wouldn't they have made, like, it an equipment? Like, equip creature gets plus one, plus one. And then every turn it gets the counter. When the counters go away, you get eight more rings that all give your dude plus one, plus one. It just seems kind of weird that it's, like, a mana rock. Like, because, like, I think a mana rocks is, like... Giving somebody instilling them with some type of like power or energy or something, it just seems kind of weird flavor, good flavor on one side, and then weird on the other side. I don't know,
0: yeah, I see what you mean. Um, I saw Tappy Toe Claws, uh, they, pre- they previewed Vega the Watcher, which was a one, a white, and a blue legendary creature, Bird Spirit, with flying. Whenever you cast a spell from anywhere other than your hand, draw a card. Uh, it's a 2-2. Two, two. I think that that's pretty disgusting when you combine it with the effects that are in every color but the ones given. Uh, I know it's supposed to work with foretell, Like, that's the whole deal. Like, it's the Watcher, so it's supposed to foretell things, probably. Yeah. It has, like, the third eye in the art there. Um, but, holy shit, this thing, food chain combos, this thing combos with... So, you're casting stuff from Exile, like your Eternal Scourge or Squee or something like that with Food Chain. Uh, you draw a card every time. Uh, the same with Underworld Breach, casting shit from your Graveyard. But that's red and green respectively, and this card is Azorius. So, this would have to be like, a, like an odd build, you know, something weird. I don't necessarily think that it's super strong on its own. If it had been, you know, uh, one... And maybe, maybe even just America. If it was America colored, that'd be nuts.
1: Like, I'm right off the top of my head, I just think of uh, just, like, some type of, like, zero drop bounce. Play something, bounce it back to your hand, play it again, bounce it, play it some type of loop like that to where you can just draw and It has to be from other
0: than your hand.
1: Oh! oh That's why I, it's awful. Oh, yeah, I totally read that wrong.
0: Yeah, because, like, whenever you cast a spell from anywhere other than your hand...
1: Okay, well then it'd be <laughs> the Silas Wren go with it, so that you played out of your graveyard, sack it to Ashnot's altar, gain two mana, cast it out of your graveyard over and over again, type Something thing. Something like that. Gravecrawler. L- L- no, that's what
0: I mean, like, uh, the Grave Gravecrawler Phyrexian altar loops uh, would draw your deck, the Food Chain loops draw your deck, the Underworld Breach loops draw your deck,
1: pretty much, um, but, but you need that extra color in order like, it to get there. But it just sucks <laughs> in those
0: two colors. You know, it's just bad. Yeah, uh, I think in those colors. Now, feel free to prove me wrong. Um, anyone who's listening, I, I, I will never not amend my opinion if I, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm getting shit on hard enough, or someone can prove it to me. That's fine. Um, Search for glory was interesting. Uh, three drop white snow sorcery. Search your library for a snow permanent card, a legendary card, or a saga card. Reveal it, put it in your hand. Shuffle your library, you gain one life for each snow spent to cast this spell. Pretty cool. Uh, We have yet to see some of the coolest snow stuff, I want to think. So maybe this will be, you know, nutso for going to get something pretty cool. But other than that, it's kind of like pretty mad at me.
1: Yeah, I was hoping more for like a, a one drop tutor effect, you know. yeah three, kind of. I mean, I guess we're, I don't know, spoiled or something, playing with, like, really powerful cards, like Enlightened Tutor.
0: Well, like, <laughs> just the the new black uh, god Tergrid, God of Fright, it's a five drop with Menace, four, five, that says whenever an opponent sacks a non-token permanent or discards a permanent card, you may put that card from a graveyard under the battlefield under your control. That's cool, and I think like Turbo discard decks Like Tiny Bones and shit Are going to love this But the beast of it Is the bo- the backside Turgrid's Lantern Which says uh, Fucking Torment of Hailfire If you have infinite mana It repeats infinitely Lose 3 life yeah. Unless you sac a non-land permanent Or to discard a card On tap And then pay three and a black to untap Turgrid's Lantern.
1: Wow. So I thought the front side of that card was good. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. You know what Torment of Hailfire needed? To be repeatable. (laughs) Yeah. Torment
1: of Hailfire, but infinite. Like, wow. That is bonkers. That I think it's hilarious, and I I love it. I mean, I love it too. I've been slowly starting to like try to creep back into the the black side of the colored pie lately. You've been and, in the and, and you've and been in great. the Naya
0: camp, <laughs> dude. You started with uh, what was that? Tortor- What's the. Uh, the zombie dude uh Tor- 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 Torgar.
1: torgar there Tor-Gar. Go, torgar that
0: was like your first <laughs> commander deck dude i remember torgar whatever incarnate and it was always annoying like it was wound
1: just... reflection torgar <laughs> yeah
0: yeah I got your your budding days back into the magic
1: community hilarious right. no that car that that's great man t turgrid god of fright i love it yeah then we have
0: one of the one of the more interesting uh, uh, gods to come out, Asika, God of the Tree. She's a three drop with Vidge. She's a one four. Uh, add one mana of any color, and other legendary creatures you control have vigilance and add one mana of any color. So that's interesting. I've seen like the Legends Matters decks playing something like this. You know, Cisse, Um I think having like size stacks where you can tutor this out, and now your creatures are mana dorks, like all your legendary creatures and legendary uh, stuff like that. That's pretty neat. The The back side of it's pretty interesting, the prismatic bridge, uh, one of each color. At the beginning of your upkeep, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature or a planeswalker. Put that card in the battlefield and the rest on the bottom. That's That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Like, I remember when you had to pay one of each color for an enchantment that just gave everything Cascade. Like, yeah. this, this is nuts. With the right setup, you're in every color. You can just run good stuff, you know, and then slap this out. This can be in your command
1: zone, dude. Yeah. That is pretty crazy. Um, A three drop commander. Yeah, that has those good benefits, and then it's if it goes away later game, you just replay it for the backside yep. and go ham. Yeah, the
0: one of the, one of the more interesting sagas to come out in this set, I believe, forging the Tyrite sword. It is one a red and white for a, a a saga enchantment that says for the first two modes, uh, create a treasure token. So Boros Ramp. There you go. You you just have to spend three mana into an enchantment and wait two turns. Yeah. Uh, And then the third is search your library card for a card called Halvar, God of Battle, or an equipment card. Reveal it and put it into your hand. So you get for three mana, you get two treasures and a search for an equipment. Um. I think they could have pushed the first two modes. I think they could have made it like. Mode one is create two treasure tokens or something, and then the second mode be something else instead of just being create a treasure token.
1: Yeah, but they got that uh, that dragon that uh, makes your treasure tokens sack for two instead. I
0: th- oh, gold span.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, you have to pay, f- what, five mana for that dragon anyway, but... Eh, I mean, that, that enchantment's pretty decent, especially with all the, uh, like, heavy Voltron-style Boros stuff that's came out in the last few months. It's really, you know, yeah, pushing Voltron, so... Uh,
0: one card that I love and I love to hate is Sarulf Realm Eater. He's one black and a, a green. So he's a legendary wolf. It says, Whenever a permanent an opponent controls is put into a graveyard from the battlefield... Put a 1-1 counter on Sorrow Realm Eater. The beginning of your upkeep. If Sorrow has one or more plus 1-1 one, plus 1 counters, you may remove all of them. If you do exile each other non-land permanent with converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of counters removed this way. Please stop putting Nevenuril's discs and other such effects in the command zone. It makes games take fucking forever.
1: Yeah, definitely. Constant just wipe the board over and over again. Definitely. In
0: Golgari, where... Uh, black can force you to sack, you know. You get one round of, you know, at the beginning of each upkeep, target opponent sacks a creature. That's three counters on Sarulth that you can then remove to remove everything, like Pern Deed for three, Ugin, Ugin for three, you know, like something yeah. of that. And that's just annoying. That doesn't even.
1: I mean, something I see frequently is uh, freaking Fleshbag Marauder. Okay, next spell I cast is uh, the other guy that does the same exact effect. Yeah. So it's like, with that out, Merciless right executioner. there, it's like now you got six counters on it in one turn. And then you just, yeah, pop everything six CMC. Like, yeah. It's dumb. Ridiculous. Um, i like uh this guy uh the boros uh it's one red one white for a two two dwarf warrior cole the forge master legendary whenever another non-token creature you control dies if it was enchanted or equipped return it to its owner's hand creature tokens you control that are enchanted or equipped get plus one plus one
0: this card is bonkers because I've seen it proxied up and played. Uh shout out to Cyrus uh, from the Ramp Gang Mental Misplay crew. Uh, I watched Turn 3 win with Cole in a CDH pod. Uh it was nuts. That's like,
1: that's power right there with Boros making splashes D- Boros, in CDH. Dude. Yeah.
0: Like Dockside plus literally uh there was the it, the the win that I saw on turn 3 was Mask of Immolation uh, with him is it a it's an artifact that came out in M twenty that allows you to sack a creature to deal one damage, and so you keep equipping it to the dark side and casting dark side with the treasures you make. So if you if you're like if you're tr- if you have four treasures, I think is what it costs to cast dark side and equip, and then sack it. Like if you're four treasures positive, then you can just win the game with those two cards. Or you were talking to me about the Goblin Bombardment uh, Ornithopter. Ornithopter loops where you're just using something like Paradise Mantle or uh, Lightning Greaves to equip, sack it to deal one damage, put it back in your hand, cast it for zero. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty nuts.
1: There's there's definitely quite a few little tricks and loops out there that you can do with that guy, so be on the lookout for that guy to be the bane of some pods in the future.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, one of the other interesting ones was the, the flip planeswalker Valky God of Lies I think uh, it's one in a black legendary creature god it's a 2-1 that says whenever Valky enters the battlefield each opponent reveals their hand for each opponent exile a creature card they revealed this way until Valky leaves the battlefield uh, so he's basically a tide hollow Scholar for creatures and X Choose a creature, exiled with Volky, with converted mana cost X. Volky becomes a copy of that card. Um, this is a great thing for picking really good pieces out of your opponent's hand, um, just so they don't have it. You know, you, you know, you can turn one. This dude rip doc sides out of people's hands. Rip, uh, you know, just, you know. Uh, Name a, name a creature that's good in EDH and that people would keep a hand for. And you yeah. can just take it. Turn one.
1: Sarah Ascendant, they're going to try to drop oh, that 6-6 yeah. six, six flying beater. Turn one, you're like, nope.
0: Imagine having a, a Valky that you can turn into a Sarah Ascendant and beat people down with, and they just don't get their own Sarah Ascendant. That's pretty nuts. Yeah. Uh, I think um, Braden. Uh, One of the guys who helps work on the uh, competitive deck database. Um, He was saying that people were sleeping on this card. And I I kind of agree. Um, It flips into Tybalt Cosmic Imposter, which is a 7-drop walker. Says, as Tybalt enters the battlefield, you get an emblem. With, you may play cards exiled with Tybalt Cosmic Imposter. You may spend mana as though we're a mana of any color to cast those spells. Uh, he comes in at five, and he's a f- fucking seven drop. So plus two, exile the top card of each player's library. Uh, neg three, exile target artifact or creature, and then neg eight, exile all cards from graveyards, add three red. Um, for a seven drop, I think this is a little e- egregious. Now he does exile from the library uh, for his plus but, you know, so does Ashiok, what is it, Nightmare Sculptor or something, and that's a 5-drop. Yeah. Uh, I I just think it could be a little less costed, but I can see why they would want to keep something that, you know, can just peel cards off the top of libraries at,
1: at a high mana cost. Yeah, it's got a high CMC, but, I mean, for the fact that it, it, it you do have the option to cast it as Valky, I think... You know, it gives you a really good early game option, or if it's later game and you just have the excess mana to blow, like, eh, whatever. Seems pretty decent, I guess. Um, yeah, the, uh... A lot of
0: the early spoilers I really didn't care about other than the Vorinclex.
1: Um, which... Yeah. Yeah, Vorinclex, I think Vorinclex is, is pretty solid green, like green card. Like, I mean, most green decks are wanting to do the stuff that's you know, relevant well, to its text.
0: First, the first big block of text. If you would uh, put one or more counters on a permanent or player, put twice that many of each of those kinds of counters on that permanent or player instead. That is what green likes to do. It likes to put plus one, plus one counters, and I think this would be a hilarious infect commander. Oh yeah, it'd be great. Um <laughs> and I think but I think the the opposite end, the opponent's section of this Vorenklex card, is going to be relevant maybe five percent of the time.
1: I mean Maybe ten percent. I, I think it's cool, but yeah, it just depends. Like, like unless like, I'm playing it against you. If somebody busts <laughs> if someone busts out their freaking planeswalker matters deck or something, you know, like then it's relevant. It'd be good to have on the battlefield because it stops them from entering with their loyalty counters. Well, which is they enter with half. Yeah, which is great pretty because okay. Like I mean, that's pretty decent. I think like you don't have to really uh, fear Ugin too much if it enters with only half as many.
0: I still I would st- I'm still
1: afraid <laughs> of Ugin, but I mean well
0: okay so. Ugin, if they cast it into Vorenklex, can't remove the Vorenklex. Yeah. Because it now has,
1: what, it comes in with seven? I think it comes in with six. Eight. Eight? I thought um, it comes in with six. Let's do a quick Google search. So then it'd only have three.
0: I make, a listen, sometimes I say shit that is so wrong... And then I, I look back on it when I'm list like, if I re-listen to it, I'm
1: like, wow, I'm a fucking idiot, and I should just, It is seven. Seven, okay. Yeah, it's seven. Okay, so it'd come in with... Does it just say rounded down or up? Rounded down.
0: So it'd come in with... Oh,
1: it could get rid of it. No, it comes in with half as many. So if it's seven, it's gonna it's, come in with three. Yeah, okay. So... Good. I mean, it does nerf a lot of Planeswalkers. Really strong Planeswalkers. But aside from that, yeah, it's kind of like a... Eh yeah okay just kind of
0: throw it on there yeah uh but you know vorinclex in the set means great things for
1: other magic sets coming down the line yeah and some of the lore is like pretty cool around vorinclex even though they didn't specifically say it was vorinclex it's definitely vorinclex like they uh released that bit of lore where basically uh kaya goes with a group of like shamans into this uh cave to find out what's been terrorizing the people spoiler alert and um they basically they think it's like a big bear or something and they go into this cave and they see all this like fungal looking stuff growing all over the walls and kaya's pretty much like hey don't touch that you know we don't know what it is and as they get deeper into there they notice that it's not really a fungus it's like some type of living metal that's like on there and then they get into this battle with this beast which starts absorbing uh the people that it's killing to regrow its limbs as it's fighting them and then one of the uh shamans turns out to be one of the gods basically makes a huge wall and they're about to like look like they're gonna win and all of a sudden this thing just goes into the wall and just like disappears like turns into liquid metal and just disappears And like they didn't say it was Vorinclex, but I mean, who else is it gonna be? Some type of weird liquid metal growing on everything to me. Sounds pretty pretty crazy. Sounds pretty sus. So I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah, I I really
0: liked the fact that this Vorinclex spoiler, even though somebody got fucked out of their cool spoiler card, you know.
1: Yeah. Like, man,
0: imagine being (laughs) the dude who's like or you know, whoever, gets to spoil this Vorenklex card and then some jack-off post it online. Like, I would be salty. I would definitely be salty, but but uh, I'm glad that it turned out not to be untrue, because yeah. I, I was hype as soon as I saw it. I just love the Praetors. Hail Phyrexia. I'm a Yawgmoth fan to the end. Um, I think this means a bunch of cool shit for Magic coming in 2021. I want... Uh, a friend and I were talking, and and, uh, he, he postulated that, uh, Strixhaven, uh, that Jenga Taxus was going to be the Voldemort of Strixhaven, which I thought was pretty cool. I think that'd be an interesting yeah. tie in. And, um, I subscribe to that theory as well. No, I think it's pretty sick. But, uh, yeah, that was like one of the early spoilers that I was like, I hope this is real. I won't be too, too let down if it's not,
1: um, one of the earlier ones that I, I really do like still, and I'm probably going to run this card, is uh, called Rise of the Dreadmarn. It's a two colorless, one black, instant speed. Create X22 two two black zombie berserker creature tokens where X is the number of non token creatures that died this turn. And it also has foretell, one black. So I like this. Pay two colorless early on, exile it into exile. Nobody knows what it is. And then later down the I think road. You have to
0: exile foretell cards face up
1: face down oh really exile face down so then later you just damnation and for one extra black mana boom cast this and be like okay now i have the upper hand with a bunch of zombies now that you can beat face with while Mm -hmm. everyone else tries to rebuild
0: i mean it's uh it's in the same line as a lot of i mean they've printed cards like this before you know there's uh what is it fresh meat yeah which is like three three beasts instead of yeah but
1: no. that is also, I think, three colorless, one green. Yeah. So that's a high cost. The fact that you can cast this at instant speed for one mana, that's what makes it good in my opinion. Because I'm probably never casting it for three mana. Like, that's too much Fair. to drop a damnation and then spend three more. But just one extra, that's like, okay, I'll sack one of my dudes to Phyrexia and Alter, because I'm about to damnation anyway, have that black mana.
0: And then we got a bu- all the, the flip lands, the mo- DFC lands, uh, that started in Zendikar. Uh, we get the, ne- the rest of the set. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, uh, Realm Walker was also one of the, newer, the earliest spoilers. It's a two and a green for a shapeshifter. So it has Changeling, which means it's every creature type. As Realmwalker enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. You may look at the top card of your library at any time, and you may cast creature spells of the chosen type from the top of your library. Uh, The fact that this can go into any even green splashing uh, creature deck, um, being able to just cast cards from the top of your library. is really good. Like, Vizier of the Menagerie is, like, okay, which is, like, you can spend mana of any color, and you can cast creatures off the top. Uh, this is less mana, and it really, I think, especially if you have that that artifact out that makes everything everything. Yeah. You can cast all the creatures off the top of your library. Yeah. Um, I think it's pretty good.
1: I really like it. To me, it, it basically reads, uh, Shapeshifter Elf, because it's going straight into Elf Ball, and then Every creature is just basically an elf. I agree. I like it.
0: I agree. Yeah, uh, a lot of the sagas I wasn't too impressed with, except for that Boros one, which is like little Boros rampy. They give you the crumbs. Here you go, uh, you filthy peasant. Um, They finally came out with a legendary squirrel. Now, Dale, you have been absolutely begging for a legendary squirrel in Black Border for how long? What are your thoughts
1: Alright, I have definitely been asking for this card for years now. And I I'm let down, but I'm not let down. Okay, so I like the card. I think it's good for three colorless, one green legendary squirrel. It's a one one. Can't be countered. It's indestructible. It has to attack each combat, which not a big deal, it's indestructible. And then it has whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player draw a card. It's a strong card in my opinion. It's I like it so four
0: abilities. Yeah, that's I'm, pretty
1: good. The fact that it has draw card whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, like I like it. I love it. It's basically Orin Frostfang for one less mana, you know. And it's indestructible. And it's indestructible. And it can be countered. So I really like it, but it's not what I was looking for in a commander because oh my God. I'm looking. Can't... I, I'm really looking for like this card in the. If you look at it on its face has no relevance to squirrels like it doesn't it's not a lord it doesn't buff your squirrels it doesn't create squirrels like it doesn't really have anything to do with squirrels but it's
0: creature type squirrel
1: yeah but like if i'm gonna build a commander i and i'm gonna make a a a janky tribal squirrel deck i want my commander to like do something like make me one one squirrels or like you know buff my squirrels or yeah something. but
0: it it, it, de- is, it rewards you for attacking people with squirrels
1: but there's, cards. but there's not enough uh cards to date in magic that are viable in edh that make squirrels like i have a squirrel deck it's mainly just a good stuff token deck but it's got a lot of stuff that produce squirrel tokens in it but it's not a squirrel token deck because most of the time when you win you're not winning with squirrel tokens unless you earthcraft squirrel nest otherwise it's mainly just good stuff tokens crater hoof win i want to be able to build a deck that just spams out squirrels like crazy and then wins with just squirrel damage not have to be like running you know hornet queen or any of the other stuff that makes tokens i want to squirrels that make 10 Oh, you just can't. They can't make you happy. And the ones they they do have sucked, though. Like, nut collectors like going crazy in price right now, not even that good of a card. If we look at every card that makes squirrels or has something to do with squirrels that's viable in EDH, there's maybe, like, seven. That's not enough to build a tribal deck around unless you start doing changelings and, like, all the other support they've given us in this set for making everything a type. creature type. But that's just not the same, you know. Uh, but just
0: can't can't make you feel better about it. Though. But I
1: mean like I said I like the card It's definitely going into the 99 of my Yorvo that's altered into Earl of Squirrel deck. So it's definitely going in my deck for sure. Uh, just can't. I'm going to probably take in. out Oren Frostfang for that, even though I think both of them are really good, I'm gonna swap out the Frostfang for that just because that's the same ability, and it's a squirrel. So it makes the deck more tribal. So, well, but yeah, wizards, get your shit together, make more squirrels, and I don't want fucking squirrels that are black or squirrels that are white. We want green squirrels, and preferably like ten a set would be <laughs> 10 awesome. <a>
0: set. <laughs> Now, now you're being ridiculous. Now I just know you're being ridiculous on purpose.
1: But uh, nah, thanks, wizards, for giving us a legendary squirrel. It's, you know, it's about. The it's entire, a start. You know, is what you, I think you're saying. Yeah, like, it's a
0: start. I'll take one legendary squirrel. Now give me another one in the
1: next set. I've been like hoping There's like ten realms of Kaldheim. I've or just whatever. been keep hoping like a spoiler is gonna happen and it's gonna be like a squirrel lord. Like, I'm just still hanging on to it. Not all the spoilers have came out. There's going to be a Squirrel Lord in there. I feel it. No, I feel it's it going to be a Changeling pe- Lord. Bones.
0: It's going to be a Changeling Lord, and it's and you're
1: going to be let down again. And... I will, but if, if it's a Changeling Lord, at least I can alter that into a Squirrel, so then I can go on the deck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Well, yeah, it's been a... Uh, what eleven days into this new year, this new magic set, everything happening on the planet, been pretty crazy. Uh, eleven days. Look forward to checking out more of these spoilers. Um, I kind of just went over the ones that I was hyped for. Um, what about you, Dale? Yeah, I mean, any, any uh, other any other hype? I oh, I would like to say something. I would like to like uh, talk about uh, Nico. And I gotta say, uh, I'm glad they finally have some non-binary representation in magic that isn't a faceless horror monster like Ashiok. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause it was specific that Ashiok uses like they, them. And yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, hell yeah. Uh, but Ashiok has always been like, uh, Terrible, an evil, like an evil, <laughs> evil like yes. It's the classic: uh, the villains are always gay, like yeah. that cannot that trope. They're always coded as as gay, and that I don't agree with that. Which is um, great now that we have uh, Nico, who is uh, non-binary and is a planeswalker, and I don't know any of the lore around them, and I'm unsure when we are going to get that. But I'm interested to learn more about uh, Nico Aris. They have an interesting ability. I don't know if you looked at their, their something with the shards. Yeah, X. It's a planeswalker. Um They create uh, X shard tokens when they enter the battlefield. So it's X white and two blue. The a shard is an enchantment with pay two, sack this enchantment, scry one, then draw. Uh, And then they come in with three and they have a plus one that says up to one target creature you control can't be blocked Whenever that creature deals damage return it to its owner's hand Uh, weird, but interesting maybe something abusable with ETB something like that and Then uh, they have two negative ones. Uh, The first is neg one Nico RS deals two damage to target tapped creature for each card You've drawn this turn which I think could get pretty insane uh, considering that you have a damage based um, on card draw for an Azorius Planeswalker, where blue is going to try and draw, uh, you know you can brainstorm and then deal t- six damage to something.
1: Yeah, like that's a tap creature. That's, that's pretty pretty cool. pretty dope. Yeah, uh,
0: and then uh, the last neg one is create a shard token, which I think is pretty cool. I think shards are kind of. Like in the realm of clues. Like they're like an enchantment clue, right? Except you get to scry, so they're strictly better for the roughly the same effect. But um Yeah, shards are interesting. Um I could see this being in like a like a control list. You know, maybe Grand Arbiter where you have to sculpt your draws and you have to deal with pesky creatures. Um a lot of the times, so the shards help you sculpt your draws, and then you're, a, you're an Azorius deck, so you're going to be drawing more cards than the average deck just because of the blue in your color identity, and then Nico will nuke threats for negative one, which is pretty nuts. Yeah. Um, you, you could brainstorm and then, you know, uh, do any other, like, cantrip, like, brainstorm, Gitaxane, Probe, Opt, that's a total of 3 mana or 2 mana and 2 life and you can zap something for 8 you know 2 or 6 10 damage. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did my math right. Yeah. 10 damage for 2 and a 2 and 2 life in a Azorius deck that's pretty good.
1: Yeah. That is solid. Definitely. I like it.
0: Yeah, C- creature removal uh on a planeswalker um I do think it's funny that that one flying the Valkyrie Eradicator Valkyrie has hexproof from Planeswalkers, and it looks like Nico is throwing a shard like a spear. Yeah. So I, I like to think it's like Nico just can't hit the Valkyrie with yeah. the spear. Doesn't matter how many cards you draw because it's proof from Planeswalkers. But interesting, and I wanted to I wanted to draw some attention to that because a lot I've seen a lot of. Um, not um, belly aching or anything like that, but uh, a lot of concerns based on Nico's appearance, um, saying that Nico is kind of a uh, pandering or a or a uh, a walking stereotype, quote unquote, you know, and something like that. But you have to understand that, like, for the majority of people who this isn't part of their daily lives and this this isn't something that is important to them uh you have to sometimes cater to the stereotypes so that they recognize that that is who nico is and why did yeah. it's why it's important you know like you can say all day that oh you know get politics out of my magic cards or whatever but you know when you have invoke prejudice is gatherer number 1488 in the gather database until they changed it after someone was like oh that's just a weird coincidence like yeah everything's political at all times you know we it's just yeah. how you choose to interpret it
1: shapes the world around us literally so like you know
0: yeah but that was one thing that i wanted to say i was i was happy with further representation uh hopefully nobody gets to write a book about Nico and then you know <laughs> yeah. fucks it all up like they did with uh Chandra and Nissa. Um I'm just I was happy to see it. I was happy for my NB friends that were happy to see it. I was just, you know, happy with them. Because uh other than a faceless monster uh uh you know villain, uh which I mean the monster fuckers were pretty okay with have it being the villain it's just what it is what it is it, is. it comes with the territory but uh you know uh, what looks to be um a hero you know uh, uh, yeah. someone on on the side of good and good representation on the side of good I th- think is a step in the right direction yeah definitely so, good, good job wizards uh, you fucked up snow duels but uh <laughs> but I think you did okay with this um is there any other cards you wanted to talk about?
1: Uh, no. That pretty much sums it up for me. I mean, yeah.
0: All right. Well, I uh, think we're I think we're out of Kaldheim spoilers, and and unless something crazy drops, we'll we'll probably get at this next week with the the next batch of them. And I uh, can't wait to play some pre-release with this. I think there's going to be some crazy, fun interactions with uh, with pre-release and. Can't wait to make that saltai uh stacks guy he's gonna be awesome yeah. um, once again uh thanks for everybody who are uh, who have been listening to us for however long and you know we this is our start of a new year twenty twenty one hopefully this is better than last year hopefully we'll be more consistent which I think is one of our new year's resolutions here at the comics vault uh, and we are planning on creating content on a better, uh more frequent schedule and branching out into other types of content. Dale, we had talked about uh YouTube and things like that uh in the works for twenty twenty one, which we'll definitely be working to make happen. Um do you wanna give your closing thoughts?
1: Uh I mean yeah, last year was uh it was a crappy year, but at the same time it was a good year. I felt like we you know, we put out I think thirty eight episodes which to me was a lot more than I thought you know that we would get with this podcast uh the the support from everybody the including the international community has been great like I really enjoy seeing how many people across the world listen to our podcast it's really definitely a solid motivation to keep uh producing content and striving to make better content uh you know this community's great and it's definitely, even with the crappy effects of the pandemic, I feel like it's really actually brought the Magic community together a lot. We've seen a lot of content creators out there pop up, podcasts, YouTube channels, you name it. I mean, now there is a lot of content out there for Magic players to go enjoy, you know. So definitely the pandemic sucks. But in the end, I think it's it's actually kind of been a blessing for for magic you know in a certain way bringing the community together so yeah definitely thanks everybody that listens to this podcast and all the other content creators out there for doing what you do yeah and uh
0: we hope that we can uh be a part of your 2021 we're definitely going to keep making content and uh thank you once again for everybody listening uh i'm jb and i'm dale and you all have a good evening